Tune in. Tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. In Guitar Lesson 25, Dan and I improvise over a blues backing track in G, and then we examine some of the licks and approaches which add oomph into someone's playing. Dan breaks down some of his licks for me, and hopefully I will be able to inject them into my own playing to give it some clout. All our improvisations have been left in warts and all, so you can learn from my mistakes as well as Dan's playing and hints. Thanks for the lesson last time, Dan, when we looked at the blues, we revisited the blues. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it's not been long since I... No, hardly any time has elapsed, really, to give you a chance to practice, but hey. Yeah, let's take from there and springboard forwards for some more, please. Okay, so just to fill everyone in as to what we were doing before, so they understand where we're at. We wanted to strip it back to basics a little bit, not too basic. But we've done a lot of quite complicated podcasts. I think our very first podcast was neoclassical or something. And we've yeah. We've done country it. with the chicken in and all that sort of thing. And we, you know, even some of the ones where we try to keep it simple started descending into some more complicated stuff. But we thought that we would try a slightly simpler approach last time so that we could regroup and, and see how far you come. Yeah. And try some blue stuff, some classic blue stuff, and just extend that. So we looked at some of the Dorian mode, yep. along with the blue scale and the pentatonic, and not just to look at the pentatonic scales, because we've done that already, but to look at how it could be used. One thing I would say I noticed was it was something which I did need to revisit, mm. and uh, there's still loads for me to look at there as well, particularly like getting the rhythm of some of the riffs in place. So I'm going to be working with metronomes and building up a lick library, so to speak, actually, a little bit more as well, and just trying to work with some of that. Many, many years ago, I, I was reading a, a guitar interview with Paul Gilbert, and this was a long time back. He was saying that where they'd become so ingrained into the theory of things, it had kind of actually had a slightly adverse effect on his playing. He was jamming one day with a mate, and his mate said, let's do a blues in A minor. And he said, I started soloing over it using the natural minor scale. But of course, you know, obviously that's not going to work particularly well when you go for that first change up to the D. Actually, you need to be playing a mode. You need to be playing Dorian or stick to the pentatonic. And and he said, it's the one time where it almost sort of caught him out. And so it's it's good sometimes to just backpedal a little bit and get back to your roots of playing the simple stuff and and playing it well before moving back onto the complicated things again. So so after last week's lesson, what do you think would be some good things to look at? I think maybe we can add a little bit more fury, add a little bit more spice 
We've looked at the notes. Yep. That, that work. We looked at Dorian Blues and Pentatonic. Those are really our staples. And a touch of Mixolydian. So I'm going to bring up a backing track here. Rock and roll, blues, guitar, backing track in G from S, R, N, S, guitar, snooze guitar. And we'll put a link on the website as per always. Shall we have a blast over it and see what gives? Let's see what happens. See if we can uh, turn the heat up on this blues.
One day I'll know how that feels. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so all good fun. So what did you like about your performance? What would you where do you feel um, you could change it up a bit? Kind of a bit similar to last time still really in many ways. Some of it was quite good. I find it hard to go into the into the riffs, I think often into the licks. So it gets a bit jerky at the start and sometimes takes a while to go into it. Note choice was a little bit bland and boring, just a bit rusty at the moment. <laughs> and all that kind of thing. Yeah. I think what might be kind of a cool thing to do because we talk about the theory quite a bit and that's yeah. great and that's cool. We do show people licks, obviously on the back of what you want to learn. Yeah. But I think it would maybe be interesting to look at a few different approaches. Maybe talk about what you're doing that you like and you don't like and where we can improve the things you don't like and hold on to the things you do like. If there's anything that I played that you particularly want to know, we can look at some of yeah. that as well okay. and look at some licks. And it's really about changing it up. I meet an awful lot of players through my teaching and through playing. If people like you're playing at a gig or whatever and they come up to you and it's very nice and people say, and like what you do or whatever. Yeah. You get chatting. I meet a lot of guitar players and I've taught a lot of guitar players in bands. Bands that go out and gig regularly and, and make okay money and everything. And they're the guys that often come to me because there's just something they're not kind of getting or there's something they feel that's missing from their playing. There's always something you can be doing. There's always yeah. something you can do to improve things. But often changing it up, giving your playing that supercharged energy, that's difficult for some. So how can we how can we change that? Shall we look at some note choices and licks? Licks. I think that would be the way forward, wouldn't it? Note choices and licks, yeah. Okay. So I was playing mostly G minor pentatonic there. Well, with a few blues notes. That's but fine. I didn't really mix it up for the changes or anything. I mean, what I really tried to do when I was playing along with that was I tried to avoid playing anything that requires loads of unbelievable technique. Yeah. Like, you know, picking things, picking is hard work. You know, it, it takes a long time to really, you know, pick notes successfully and cleanly and all the rest of it. It's, it's quite a, a lifelong endeavour, I think. It's not easy. And so I sort of left that out on the back seat, really. I didn't do any really stretchy patterns or really nasty legato-y things. There's hammer-ons and pull-offs, really. And there's nothing really that I would say the, the picking hand had to work particularly hard doing. Yeah. So after that, what's left is really your note choice, how you put your licks together, how exciting they are to listen to. You had some, you had some nice runs. Like uh, when I was practising after last time, I, you know, I was practising this whole sort of like... kind of that E and you had some yeah. nice interesting runs in, in the G key as well so what you had going on there that's like a kind of a, I think I did it down here didn't I the other yes and all, like the way a, all the way down the neck I think the last time. yeah exactly but that's got a kind of a yeah. country edge to it Whereas there I was playing a lot more kind of rock. One of the runs, what I sometimes will do, is I will mix up a Dorian mode. So it's playing the major scale from a step lower than the key you're in. So if we're in the key of G, we're playing F major. But what we're doing that's different is our key is G. G is home. 
So, so we've got. So we've still got our bluesy thing going on, but now we've got some more notes. Now what I often do is I'll stagger going up or going down. It makes more of what you've got there. It makes the notes last longer. Starting on the... Uh, yeah, so I then C. went straight to the B string. So you get a little bit of a run going up. Yeah. Now if you then include the blues note, so in the key of G, up here at the dusty end, <laughs> that would be C sharp, which would give us the 18th fret of the G. You can then do a similar pattern. So I've started the string lower this time. Yeah, I usually go back on myself. Play that on both yeah. strings. Like That's that. it. Now remember, if you're playing over the G chord, that what's in the G or G minor chord, yeah, yeah, are kind of the good things to sort of hang your hang your licks on. Because it's going to be G as opposed to G minor. So, yeah, I mean yeah. a B will be fine if you want that mixolydian flavour. Yeah. Over this, you know, if you want a more kind of meaner sort of sound, B flat's going to sound a little bit contrasting, kind of, isn't it? Yeah, or kind of bend it a bit. Yeah. You can do that obviously anywhere within that scale. So if you find all the notes, all the other notes, yeah, find strings with two pairs of three on it you can keep if you want you can keep the whole pattern going for the whole thing yeah. oh yeah yeah i started on the 12th fret i cheated started here on the a string Okay. If you want, you can play using the hammer ons. Yeah, you can hammer on. And you 
second finger for that. So I'm a bad banana here. Yeah, <laughs> I am using my second finger on both the first two. Yeah, so on the 13th fret and the 14th fret. Yeah, like, so. a, bad, like a bad machine. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's good. But I'm also, I mean, I'm using economy picking. So I'm going down, up, down, through, up, up. Okay, okay. <laughs> Challenging played that way, but it just adds for me, it just adds like a little bit more kick. Where do you where do you change? pick every note it's mm. kind of got oomph behind it even yeah. if it isn't necessarily overly fast yeah yeah and, and that just gives it a little bit of clout adds a bit of an edge yeah, yeah okay got it cool um so you've got that's that that's a good riff yeah that that kind of works yep you did another one where you were moving horizontally up the fretboard as well it seemed like you were down there, yeah there was one which i would say is a little bit easier to play chromatic <laughs> That one. Okay, I'll have a look at that. Same, same scale. Sure, I've got that. I think I so it's like like that.
Yeah, okay. Okay, cool. That's, that's I said I want you to stay away from things that are like really, <laughs> yeah, really yeah. common. No, that's good. Though. It's a long run, but I wouldn't say it's an, an insurmountable run. No, no. And it's not played at blistering speed. You know, it's fast, but it's yeah. not like ugh, fast. It's kind of tasteful in a funny kind of way. <laughs> and it's symmetrical. Played with chicken picking, it's got a kind of country feel yeah. to it. Nice. It's quite snappy. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think with blues, sometimes those sort of licks are sometimes missing from people's arsenal where they're more rock licks. And I think that's sometimes what people mean when they want a bit of spice in their playing. They want a, they want something a little bit more... That kind of 16th note. Poof. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you that's know, perfect. They want a, want a scotch bonnet as opposed to like smart price chilies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bird's eye or something. Bird's eye. Sad. No. They're in a frozen packet waiting to be microwaved. No. They, want a, they want a chocolate nugget. No, come to this. <laughs> <laughs> so that's an, like an that's elongated good. country inspired rum. Yeah, I like both of those. They work quite well. Chromaticism. I think that's because the, the run I think you would. Or was that the one you I think, face? Yeah, no, there was a there was a definite sort of I mean you did You went from the G minor to the F sharp minor at one point. Right, so at then, the very beginning of a lick. That's it. That's it. There you go. Well Dorian really, isn't it actually? Of we're course. kind of going from like is that, yeah. is that a blues note as well. Yeah, blues note. Okay. So it's like three and six, two and five. The only on the challenge string, with yeah. that one really is kind of doing it quick enough so it's effective and smoothly moving from one to the yeah, other. Yeah, okay. But what you can do is you can carry on trilling up if you want to. So plot yourself a path up the neck so you know okay. where you're Perfect. And then you've got all those intervals, and you can start with maybe the, the scary one. Nice. I love that. That's it's a perfect. bit of a Gary Moore trick, a Randy Rose thing. that kind of thing is it yeah yeah another one that you can do along the same sort of lines which is kind of cool trill grab the string behind it yank it up yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool i'm doing it uh, 15 and 18 and just pull the string behind it Pull it up. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. if you've got a trend with enough up movement, but the PRSs don't have loads of up movement generally. No. So there's no recess there. It's quite an effective, like simple but effective. There was a lick where you, you pulled the face. I think it was my chromatic lick. Yeah, okay, okay. Now, one thing that you can do, 
That is a very interesting little video I stumbled across, but I didn't get a chance to watch it all the other day. And it was Dave Wiener. Do you know Dave Wiener? He plays in Steve Vai's band. Oh, right, okay. And he's got solo records out. So he's a great player, though. Yeah, you okay. Know? I mean, he's had to replace the mighty Tony McAlpine. Wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He, he ain't no slouch. <laughs> plays six-string, plays seven-string. Great player. And he was teaching at the Musicians Institute and showing you how to kind of sort of blag some jazz. Yeah. And saying, you know, start with like a minor pattern and then, you know, fill in some of the blanks is one way of doing it. You know, as long as you do it tastefully, then fill in some of the notes which don't have notes in between. Yeah, okay. Where you've got a two-fret or three-fret jump. Now, you don't necessarily want to go filling everything in, but if you're crafty about what you fill in, if you can get notes to roll... Now, again, this is, I admit, a bit of a country technique, but... Well, that's just fret six, seven, and eight on the B string. I'm literally going up and then back in. Yeah, fingertips all the way. Okay. Now we can then pick the meaningful gaps right. where that thing sounds cool. So you might pick three, four, and five on the B string. Yeah. Followed by the six, seven, and eight. Eight, nine, ten. Eleven, twelve, thirteen. Then 13, 14, 15. Now, we're not saying you have to use all of them, but you can get quite a nice country style lick if we roll. You're hitting the notes in the top string as well, then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, yeah, good to Yeah. The only one that's real tricky is 11, 12, and 13. If you want to avoid the 11, it's kind uh. of out. But if you can do 13 and 12 on the top of Yeah. And all the others are symmetrical. Yeah. Now, put it together in a lick. Sounds right to me. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, you can get this rolling feel, and even if you're not going to go crazy with it, even if you're going to do something a bit more sane, you know. I've done there is start with the six, seven, eight. We started with so slide five to seven on the G. Uh, 
Different now, I slid yeah, up. Right. So it's almost like part two of the. How are you feeling about those so far? Yeah, pretty good. I'd probably struggle to get that last one into some actual playing, I think. In fact, I'd probably struggle to get all of them into some actual playing. <laughs> but I'd like to work on them, yeah. Adding the fire. Really good. You're Let's look at a straight pentatonic one. Okay. He says. So, up at the dusty end again. Now, with this, I know I've just picked it very much from the Eric Johnson School of Playing. Yeah, to get more attack on the notes. That's it. Yeah. So we're going down the G minor pentatonic starting at the 18th fret. So 18, 15, 18, 15, 17, 15. Then we go back one string and land a string lower. So onto the B string, 18, 15, then 17, 15, 17, 15. So... Then 15 and 12 on the two middle strings. Then down to the next position, 12 and 10 on the two middle strings, followed by 13 and 10 on the A. And then hit the 12th fret, ideally with the harmonic of the G string. That a pinch harmonic. Should sound like this. Okay. Do you get that little stagger? Oh yeah. So there. So all the way down to the ten. the 10 on the A. Got it. Top tip for this one, keep your picking, keep your pick pointing at about 45 degrees. Yep. So it's pointing to your left foot as per normal. But also tip the tip of the pick towards you a little bit. Yep. So it's just a, an angle like that and then tipped a little bit. <laughs> just helps it to pass over the strings you don't want and slice through. I've got quite an extreme angle on mine. Have a look. Like that. Like that kind of. Like that. It's that way a little bit. Tipping away for it's like See, up. Like the point's like coming, coming at you. You can play it with pull-offs. 
I personally, as with the other lick we looked at first off, prefer to play it picked because it's more difficult and it just has more oomph. Yeah. But you can play it with pull-offs. So that's literally... There is a difference in sound. Here is pull-offs. Here is picks. Yeah. I think I, I prefer it with the attack as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely got more multiple. If I can get, if I can get to it myself. Yeah. So Good. shall we have another stab? Yeah. Another wild stab at the tracking question. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
<laughs> Sneaky. <laughs> Oh, it seems so easy when you're thinking about it, and then like the second you're trying to put it into actual improvisation, it becomes a different beast. Yes, it's mm. absolutely true. The thing is that we have to learn how to fit our stuff into yeah, all the as well, haven't you? Yeah, that's, that's right. It, so. For most of us, we're not in a privileged enough position to have all of the time, money, and resources to sit there pondering over a guitar solo. Yeah, yeah. It would be lovely to be able to. You know, I remember. On one occasion, having to construct a solo because the song was pretty damn hard. Yeah. And I was doing a band doing original stuff. And I really wanted the, the solo to be a, a tour de force. Yes, yeah. And it took ages because once I composed the damn thing, I then had to learn how to play it. Yeah, you probably make it <laughs> to the very limit of your ability, don't it you? Was, it was pretty tricky. There yeah. was string skipping and sweeping and goodness knows what in this damn thing. <laughs> But it was my, I think it's because it was one of my few opportunities in the set to really kind of be a show off blow up. I wanted it to stick. Now, if you're in a band and you're lucky enough to have the time and all the rest of it to sit there pondering solos, it can be very productive. It was Brian May who, who famously said that he looks at the solo spot in a song like a window in a song. To him, yeah. it's a composition within a composition. And he quite rightly said, otherwise, your fingers tend to go into the natural kind of habit and position of what you're used to doing so if you're used to playing the pentatonic that's your your bottom line that's your default setting and that's what happens and he's definitely got a point there if i was playing with a band and there was record companies funding my ponderings i'd be more than happy to spend hours days even weeks constructing solos yeah but for most of us it's just not realistic so we end up kind of trying to shoehorn our stuff into it the other thing too is if you're a session musician, by session musician we could mean someone who goes into a studio and plays for somebody or someone who's called in to even do a depth gig and is doing that session with what they know and what they know about what they've got to play over. That may be hugely variable. You might be lucky enough to have tracks in advance if you're a hired hand but you're playing maybe somebody who knows you. Or you yeah. might find that you're literally turning up blind you know, I've heard of guitarists, you know, going going to a session and basically, you know, taking 15 guitars because they don't know what they're going to get asked for. The client may ask for a guitar that they've used before because it works. So yeah. sometimes you get asked for something very specific. He said if you're going in blind, you've literally got to pretty much hoard everything you've got. Yeah. And just, just take a massive cross-section of stuff. Hope you're taking the right stuff with you. Well, exactly. Exactly, yeah. you know. So when it comes to our licks, our licks are kind of quite similar. In as much as most of the time, if you if you are playing with a band and you're doing pubs and weddings and that sort of thing, you don't always have lots of rehearsals. You don't always have the opportunity to sit and craft a solo. So it has to come out over time. And maybe you can spend a little time on it and, and field some ideas. But the more ideas you've got in your trick bag already, which you know work, the better. Yeah, save you a lot of time on the night. And that's right. Comes out off the, off the fingers, I guess. Well, I suppose you learn to kind of manipulate the notes yeah, to kind of fit the backing. So if you're playing something slow, you know, you can work out something that's going to sound nice over that. If you're playing something with a real groove or something with maybe even an odd time signature, it's kind of like, yep, reach into the tool bag, I've got it covered. That only comes through years of experience and playing over lots and lots of different tracks or with lots and lots of different bands. Yeah, thank you very much for all that. There's some great stuff there. That's all right. Do you want one more play through that? Uh, yeah, if you've got time. Why not? Wanna take the first one? Okay, okay, here we go. Yeah. 
Awesome. Thanks so much, Dan. Ferocious. That's great. Great fun. Thank you very much. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar tone. If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website on tunein-toneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and further research and resources. It's also a good place to get in touch. We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Yeah.